0: What's going on everybody? Megashine is back to life and back to reality. I'm Nick
1: <laughs> and I'm Victor.
0: Ooh, child, let me tell you. I am tired like a dog. Victor, what has been going on with you?
1: Well, I'm I'm tired too because we are in the middle of our orientation season. And it's hard being the bitch that runs it and trying to be cute and trying to wear ties. <laughs> and trying to have energy and trying to have the kinky hair in place. It's just a lot going on. And I'm tired. But you know what? Next week, it's all over. It's all over. And I'm so excited because we'll be back on our regular schedule after next week. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I'll get ready to go over to Canada and see Bay. Uh-huh. Let's <laughs> <But then,
0: yeah.
1: laughs> see how he's doing. Cause you know, I've been trying to be—I've been a good—I've been a good, good hoe since since he's been gone.
0: You've been and, a bad yeah. girl, Fiona Apple.
1: Well, it, I will <laughs> when I get there. You
0: know, i you know—I've been trying
1: to be good. And, you know, you have to let all that out when you can. You know, all that stuff. But you know, we're not—we're not here to talk about Phil. We're here to talk about everything that's been going on. In the gay, gay, messy universe.
0: Yes, I know. I have been so. This past weekend, I had a coronation for the Imperial Court of Kentucky. Uh, it was it was good. Um, the past monarchs uh, stepped down, um, and it was during the time of uh, we usually have coronation the first weekend in June. And this uh, couple of uh, years, it's been the second week in June. Uh, and this past weekend, or while we were doing the coronation, it was the one-year uh, anniversary of the Pulse Nightlife shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, for a moment, um, I just want to pause and give our our hearts and thoughts are with the families that uh, lost their loved ones at Pulse. So let's just pause for a moment for them. Right, I know. Before, prior to this month of Pride, I was kind of weary of going out because I didn't mm-hmm. want something like, I didn't want to get caught up in something like a shooting, which mm-hmm. apparently shootings are going left and right today. I know it's been two. I there was three, three. Oh, Lord. Uh, uh, I don't know what's going on, but you know, all this is on your boy's birthday, so. God is trying to tell y'all something.
1: Well, you know, somebody said this, and I, I didn't give it much thought. I was like, watching too much scandal makes me think these things. So they was like, "Have you noticed this? Yeah, this happened today. Do you think this is a distraction?" And I was like,
0: "Oh God, yes. Oh, that shooting that happened earlier at the baseball field or whatever. That first of all, who has baseball practice at seven goddamn uh, a.m. in the morning?"
1: I'm not trying to laugh at it. I mean, I'll be real. I personally, I mean, I'm glad nobody, you know, had, people really wasn't killed. But when I think about that that one congressman, I'm like, yeah, he got shot, but let's look at what he's done. To me, I look at it as what, what you just said. God's trying to tell you something. Maybe God's trying to tell you something. Like, you sitting up here supporting a man who's trying to break these folks that you represent. You sitting up here being anti-gay. You being very hateful. And then this issue happened. And I think he was one of the ones, Shanlin, whatever his name is, he was one of the ones who, you know, when it came to gun control, was sitting up here, you know, ignoring it. So I feel like, well, maybe this is a message that y'all need to get stuff together because y'all been playing games. And Mm -hmm. uh, and karma said, look hoes, you better get on the right track of stuff. So a part of me feels like maybe this might be that karma twist that might be like, maybe we need to get on track because you've been doing the most.
0: It won't because if how many kids got killed in Sandy Hook, what, 23? That's not, if 23 innocent kids, let's say, let's call it like it is, innocent white kids mm-hmm. wasn't going to do anything to get the NRA and all this bullshit as legislation out of uh out of Capitol Hill, then you know what? Nothing will. That's true.
1: We'll see. Right now, they're trying to blame us, but it didn't look good for Bernie folks, though, because that played right into the stereotype of Bernie Burroughs.
0: See, they, <laughs> they, they really are something it. else.
1: And I was like, Lord, because they was doing the most already a couple of weeks in already. Mm-hmm. And you know, we had to get them together. And, and, and so it's it's been a lot. Do I still think it's a conspiracy? Um, there's a 10% chance I do, because I feel like we, you know, stuff is getting heated up now and then. I feel like some of the stuff happens because this is this is the kind of stuff that happens on scandal. Here. You know, when it's like we need, we need to do something to change things up a little bit, and then it's like, you know, they call up, pop pope, and then something, you know, happens. Like think about it: when Olivia was supposedly kidnapped,
0: he had to go to war.
1: Like it was like stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm, I don't. Mm. But I hope this is a learning lesson. It may, as you said, it may not change nothing. But I hope they somewhere it's like mm,
0: maybe I'll need to get it, get it together. Well, let's get the tea set together and get into this upma tea. So, what do we have to talk about?
1: Well, let's start with the mess and then we'll get into the good stuff. It's always nice to end on the good
0: stuff. Okay,
1: we got. Let's talk about this past weekend, Pride Weekend. So we had some issues, starting with DC Pride or Capital Pride. So, um, you know, everybody here, all this weekend, everybody had their either resist um, protest or parade or regular parades or whatever. In DC, they had theirs and um, a lot of groups, including the Black, Black Lives Matter groups, Latino groups, and other groups, were. Um, groups that are basically very strong activist groups got out there um, and kind of blocked some of the, the floats like Wells Fargo and a few other ones um, using the hashtag No Justice No Pride. And basically what they were doing was making sure that people understood that it's hard for them to accept that we have cops, you know, cops marching this parade where they've been known to be very, very negative to us if they're not killing us. And also some of these companies and corporations have been known to really, really go after, you know, the unfortunate, which sometimes are mostly people of color, especially trans people, um, who can't afford some of these things. So they went and blocked their floats or blocked them from marching. And the neat thing about it was, you know, they were really getting that message out there because, yeah, you have to think about that. Why are we sitting up here celebrating these folks when we know what, you know, in some ways, some of them are holding folks back from being great. Some of them are killing us. Some of them are charging us more money than we can afford for these loans or whatever. I felt like that was a great thing for them to do this and that message out there. But what was interesting is to see the response to something like, like, you're ruining pride. How dare you? You're so myopic. You're so selfish. And I was like, bitch, do y'all understand what pride means? The reason why we even doing all of this? (laughs) Uh,
0: Let's talk about the first people who started Pride was a transgender black woman, mm-hmm. and that bullshit that they put out about Stonewall, who was that? Roland Emmerich? He should be slapped mm-hmm. a couple of times for that. That's right. But this just is exposed. You know how when it's raining and mm-hmm. you see a rock, and then you put the you turn the rock over and you see the exposed worms and whatnot. Mm-hmm. this is what this is all doing. All these people who want to be down with us, but when we ask for something, you're like, oh, well, but well, wait a minute, you're already included, aren't you? So why are you asking for what they think is more? Mm-hmm. And these corporations that are saying, oh, we're staying with pride. This is pride month, yada, yada, yada. Just because you put a rainbow on your shit doesn't mean that you down with us. Let's be honest. Cause only, you only have to do this for one month out of your whole year. So if you gonna yeah. let's if you gonna talk that talk, you need to walk the walk as well.
1: And let's also keep it real, some of y'all just now got on the bandwagon because when back in the Prop 8 days, some of y'all were caught giving money to Prop 8. and they caught y'all. But mm-hmm. y'all you the online, so that's why y'all trying to get <laughs> protect your business now. So that's let's keep it real. Y'all haven't been always been on our side, so we see you.
0: Yeah, let's see. Uh we we not gonna sit or stand for this.
1: Mm-hmm. And I felt like, yes, this is what protesting is. This is what it all is. You hold people kept saying that you don't come after your allies because, and we'll get on that a little bit a little bit later. But you don't attack your allies. You don't say anything. I so guess you do. You hold people accountable. Like we hold our family members accountable.
0: Uh-huh. We
1: hold people accountable for what they're doing to us. I'm sorry, white gays, but. I don't have that freedom that you have to where you can you can hide and still be white. I can hide my sexuality and I will still be black. That means I will be I can still get shot trying to go to the gay club. <laughs> I can be blamed for shooting somebody while I'm going to the gay gay club and get arrested. You know, what I mean it's still we still have that stigma. And I don't care what they think we got. We are still people of color, and that's what we're looked at first. And because of that, this is why we are treated the way we are. So, yes, we do have to take a stand when we think about the cops. We think about how corporations treat us, how they go into our communities and basically restructure that whole thing so they can fit their buildings in there. We have to take a stand with all of us.
0: Exactly. And sooner or later, what did – Patty uh, Patty LaHell say on oh, got to be real um sooner or later those masks that you wear do come off and those mm-hmm. people underneath look a lot like somebody we know
1: So yeah. Yeah. yeah you know it still was a success for for that group of Black Lives Matter and the groups that got together to do that um the hashtag did go viral everybody was talking about it and I love that there was so many people Defending it. Um, shout out to Mark S. King, which I know Mark, and I was happy that he wrote an article from a white man, a, a white gay male perspective. We were saying that you know we need to get behind this, we need to support this because he was there during the ACT UP times. You know when ACT UP was doing this, he said like, we were doing this back then. He said people were challenging him, saying you yeah, know we were dying. He was like yes, black and Latino and trans people are dying. We need to be out here doing this. So shout out to his article for doing that and and, and bringing that awareness that it has always, we have always been at a protest. We always had to do these things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That is the nature of why we, that's just the nature of our culture right now. Is we always had to stonewall, act up, the AIDS, oh my god, let's not even get into the AIDS
0: situation. Listen, we can't, so there was a, a article that was ran on the New York Times, I forget the While I'm looking that up, I'll keep on talking. Uh, It was talking about how HIV prevention has all but been scarce in the queer Black community. Mm -hmm. Especially in the South. You know, sure, uh, in the big cities, people know about HIV prevention. They know about getting tested and whatnot, but here d- down in the south, we were just left behind, yeah. And now you have—they said African American men, the expected rate of African American men are uh, is up to fifty percent, or basically one in two, will get uh, HIV and AIDS. And to put it in perspective, they. The article said that if you take all of the expected cases in Swaziland and compared them to the expected cases here in the U.S., the expected cases here in the U.S. would be much greater than a third world country in Africa. And yeah. that, I just... If we're supposed to be this superpower, why are we leaving all these disenfranchised people behind.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, it, it's so insane that the powers that be don't want, are basically the powers that be hate us that much. Yeah.
1: This issue is still happening from the 80s up to now. And this is the result of what happened in the 80s. We don't really talk about that. You know what I'm saying? like, We always talk about what was happening in New York, what was happening in you know, the bigger cities when it came to it, But we don't really talk about how that, how that whole situation was hitting men of color, hitting them in the South, and what they really did to the mindset of many, especially black gays. Because you think about it, that's why a lot of us have a lot of issues with trust, with religion, even dating other black men. You know what I'm saying? Because it's yeah. like that played a part like, well, I don't want to date another black man because he may have this. And it has been a part of uh, that vicious cycle for years. So we can go, um, it's so much Listen, on that.
0: that. We can have a whole show about that in general. But the uh, the author of that article is called uh, America's Hidden HIV Epidemic. And it ran on the New York Times, I would say uh, last week. The, uh, the author is Linda Villarosa yeah and we'll uh we'll put it in the um the show notes so if you wanted to read it you can go there I think we
1: retweeted it. I think we retweeted it a few times too yeah because it was a lot and I was like you know, just, I was like I'm just not ready for the heartbreak this morning so yeah it was just a lot with that but jumping back yeah we were, I was happy to see that you know the, the group Stood strong when it came down to that, and I'm glad that we had people actually defend what was happening at
0: that pride. But now let's jump over to Philly. Let's, let's jump, jump over, over to Philly. Philly apparently um, is not the uh called the city of brotherly love anymore, <laughs> according know, to what happened.
1: I know, Padla bill, get your city. Um, we sitting up here, finding we found out that you know, they, they added um brown, kind of black and brown to the flag, to represent um, the inclusivity when it comes to the brown community, and Lord, the white gays jumped on Twitter, Facebook. I saw a lot of it on Facebook, you know that's what the world hoes are. They said, up there talking about, like, why you want to do that? Why do you want to change our flag? I'm like, it wasn't yours to begin with, but don't okay. care. Um, it was just a lot about why we want to change it, what's the big deal, why we have to make everything about race, because it is.
0: It was always <laughs> about race. You know, I hate when white gay, Oh, Actually, I'm going to broaden that up. I hate when white people say, oh, why do you all make it about race? Because everything in this country was built on discrimination and racism. Yes. Let's get into it. Right. I mean, first of all, y'all came over... Because you were uh, persecuted. Mm. Because of religious discrimination. So then you discriminate and basically kill off a whole entire nation of people. Mm. Steal millions of other people. But then we always make it about race. Okay. Yes.
1: We're still dealing with the effects of slavery. We're still dealing with the effects of which is Native Americans, we're still dealing with how you treated um, Asian people during the war. We are still dealing with so many actions from, the, from racism over the years. So, yes, it is about race. And when you make a big-ass deal about a the 2 the rainbow, and prove that it is about race, if you had to make a big deal about it, if you wrote a big-ass article on Facebook, if you sent up here tweeting tweet and try to come at us about how you feel and how it's just overdone and everything else, then it is a big deal. Uh-huh. Because the rest of us was like, okay, great, add that in there. But y'all had to come back and say what you had to say. And guess what? Now we are talking about it to a point where we're going to have to hold y'all accountable too. And the last time I checked, being gay isn't a white thing. And I don't know who told y'all y'all own that. I guess that's that mentality of you own everything. But you don't own sexuality. You don't own queerness. You don't own any of that. So you're going to have to open up and realize that, again, as we have said many times on this show, is the tables are turning. (laughs) It is Uh becoming... It's going to be more of us as a majority. I don't know what you're going to do when it becomes that way. But you
0: don't have to let a lot of that stuff go. It's it's so crazy. There is um a friend of the show, the guys over at Bearded Fruit, they had a uh, a short little episode uh about the, they basically they coined it, uh an open letter to their white their fellow white gays at um in Philly. And I urge you to listen to it. It's only eleven minutes, but mm-hmm. he breaks it down to you, uh Cody breaks it down to you, and tells you, like, y'all need to get really get out of your, your bullshit. Yeah. Because it is bullshit.
1: It is. It is. It's, it's unnecessary. It's very ridiculous. And it tells us a lot about you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I guess we're good enough to screw or whatever, but we're not good enough to defend. The fact that y'all
0: embrace the Duke. Uh Can we get into that? Yes, we can. We can. Like, I must have hit. I must have been way too goddamn busy to, or I didn't get the notice, or somebody didn't give me the minutes from the last meeting because this kind of just snuck up on me. All of a sudden, Boba Duke is the the poster child for uh, gay pride, and I'm like, isn't Boba Duke supposed to represent depression?
1: (laughs) Okay, but. Yeah, because this is—it came from a mistake on Netflix. They put it in their LGBT movie queue, and the Babadook was there. It was just <laughs> it was a mistake, but then all of a sudden people took it and ran with it. And I get the joke part of it, but it got to a point where we were taking it a little bit too seriously. Folks were dressing up like the Babadook, um, at these pride things. And I was like, yeah. And I was thinking about it as you just said—it's a symbol of depression of, of murder.
0: Right. I'm like, all that scary ass shit.
1: I'm like, okay, y'all. But I said it's easy for y'all, but look how easy it was for every hoe to sit up here and to embrace that and put that on their on their that was part of their Twitter names, Facebook names, it was their uh avatars. I was like, hmm, that's funny. But we get y'all to try to you know, we try to tell y'all about Martha P. Johnson, I'm saying her name wrong, but you know, we talk about, we try to get y'all to talk about the history of us, or the Black people who are the uh, Latinx people, or whoever has been contributing to us—that's hard for y'all to swallow. But the Bobby come on in. Yeah, we got a T-shirt already.
0: Y'all, y'all too fucking much.
1: Like, y'all have done the most. As I'm saying, Pride Month has been the the eye opener. All of your uh, white foolishness. This just—I'm just, just been sitting back like. What else can y'all do? We got three, two more weeks to go. (laughs) What else can y'all do? Right.
0: What else can y'all do? I'm just
1: expecting some more foolishness, but it didn't help as we are going through our um, tea that RuPaul. Oh, RuPaul is like that. It's like your, I guess, your auntie that you that you care about but for some reason she still voted for Trump like something like that like Mm
0: -hmm.
1: like she didn't vote for Trump but she believes in what he has to say but you still love him anyway I love RuPaul I really I'm not going to take away from him any of the things he's ever done I'm not but in the recent article in Time he now for those that don't know he's been called out for his use of the word tranny and, and trying to defend it um, saying how he's used it for 32 years and it means something to him. I'm like, well, that's great. That means something to you. Cute means something to me. Maybe something different to somebody else. But if it's something that's offensive, I'm not going to sit there and keep using it. If the people that it is addressing says it's offensive. But anyway, um, Rue still has some issues about how um, we look at identity and how we play along with those words. And he's saying that how millennials take a issue with it, but he doesn't personally. Um, he's still a little bit mad that the network made him get rid of She-Man. Um, but believes that because of the Trump era, it's going to wipe out all these things. So we're not going to worry about who's calling, our, calling people he or she um, and how we need to be able to not how we need to pick our battles and not fight against our allies. And I was like, um, we still have to hold our allies accountable. Because wasn't it, wasn't
0: it the other day that
1: somebody was trying to tell us what the A stood
0: for? Right. Somebody was like, oh, the A stands for ally. I was like, since when? <laughs> uh, like, how many do you, like, the whole purpose of an ally is to allow people to speak and give them a space and opportunity to speak when you fill up the room. You know what I mean? So, to say that, oh, I'm included in this also, like, no, you're not. You haven't been discriminated against because of your sexuality, because you're straight. In these comments, um, I am honestly, I'm kind of with RuPaul as far as she-male. Because to me, what I understood she-male as saying that her her as and this gets very confusing um her as a a male as a woman I I I, I didn't take offense to it but I'm not going to sit up here and say oh just because I didn't take offense to it then nobody can take offense to it you know what yeah. I mean so I can understand them Having to do away with it. But did I agree with it? Mm, Not really. Now the word tranny. I can see where people. Can be offended by that. And that's why I don't use it anymore. Um, And her comments. She also said in the article. Well he also said. In the article. That uh, something to the effect that. That. he thought that we were being too harsh on Bill um, Bill Mayer, which yeah, I, like, I was like, fuck that. Yeah. Fuck all that.
1: He was not being too harsh because Bill Maher knew what that word meant. And it as it's been addressed many times already, to even bring up House Nigger in the sense that you didn't have to bring that, that word says a lot. And I'm, I mean, he's apologizing. It is what it is. I did watch the show where he had Ice Cube on there in my. Or ice cube. Anyway, he had Ice Cube on there. I, I have a big question on Ice Cube. Anyway, um, brought him on there, and he said, like, he basically checked him on why he, why he shouldn't have used that word, and that's not for him to use. But to defend that means you have no idea what that word still means. And I don't know if, you know, Rue comes from that world of Lee um, Daniels, you know, these old, these elders, who for some reason.
0: Still shucking and driving for master thinking that they're going to somehow get in the big house.
1: Yeah, I don't know how to explain them because, you know, they like in no shade those have it's not about people having white partners, but they have white partners. They have this interesting view of race. You know what I'm saying? They, it's something about that that particular group. I don't know what it is, but something about the, the something in the water or the, or the whatever, the tide has changed where they kind of see things way off.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and I'm afraid, because I want to get old, and I'm sitting up here saying stuff like, well, I don't think white people mean to be racist. Like, I don't want to be that. I,
0: it's, it's hard. It's very much, it's very hard to have be what we call woke, a woke black yeah. person, but then have a white partner, because I have a white partner, and... Yeah. We've had a lot of discussions to the Mm -hmm. point where we're damn near yelling at each other about race and what he feels. Mm -hmm. But I have to explain it to him. Oh, just because you let's, for example, a little microaggression that he doesn't think is a big deal might be a big deal to me. And I have to explain it to him. Granted, me explaining it to him, that gets redundant. But. In order for us to have a understanding and him to have a a knowledge of what I go through on a daily basis, I have to explain it to him. So, like, if we go out to a restaurant and the waiter is only talking to him and leaves him with the check, Mm -hmm. he doesn't think that that might be a, a microaggression to me. But, you know you know how it feels like oh just because I'm black I don't have money just because I'm black I can't pay for this shit and so usually I am the one that's paying for the shit yeah
1: oops
0: or oh right tell the truth shame the devil (laughs) it's just like those little things
1: yeah and that's funny because I I remember um when I with my ex um we went to Crenshaw and um he got to experience—I don't want to say opposite or version of it—but he got to experience something a little different. We were in a Wingstop. <laughs> we, were, we were in Wingstop, and okay, it's funny. It happened in Wingstop, and it happened at Krispy Kreme. He was—he was white. He go to the counter. They didn't just say nothing to him. I go to the counter. Hey, how you doing, sir? What you want? That was funny to me. Then we went to Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme—they told the white couple. Um, you can't get any you can't get no fresh dough. Like they wanted the hot donuts. So I was like, you can't get it. They leave. I walk up, you want a hot donut? And you <laughs> said, Did I just witness this twice? I said, You in Crenshaw. So you want to witness this a lot. <laughs> so it's interesting to see that. Um, but yeah, we didn't really have that as an issue when we were together. We he kind of understood it. I don't know because he grew up poor because he grew up as a poor white person and I didn't grow up as a poor black person. I grew up um, up upper, upper middle class. So therefore, I know for him um, as my mom reminded him that I came from something. Yeah. <laughs> so it was more of that type of stuff. And the person that I'm talking to now, he grew up poor. poor that's a name for me, I guess. Poor white man. Anyway, grew, grew up, he grew up kind of poor too, but he's aware of issues of race, because that's one of the things he wanted me to know. I don't know because he's from Canada, too. You know, they look at race differently over there, but yeah, we'll be on this topic forever, too. But like, There's so much we can do today with
0: these right. topics. These topics are, are very deep, because they they hit so many uh, intersections of our lives.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then when we have our faves up here saying foolishness, of course it's going to strike a nerve. So, like, like we said before, I mean, we love real. But we just feel like we're in that, it's in that group, like Lee Daniels and Whoopi and all the others who are saying, like, like, what are you saying? What's... Because they've had this fame, they've had a different angle versus the rest of us. It's like, oh, we still have it. Now I'm glad Oprah is saying that. But then you know, Oprah has experience. Like, if when Oprah experienced racism, we you know racism still exists. That's how I feel. Uh-huh. That's the most powerful woman in the world. Can't get into Gucci, then yes, because she's black and they didn't know who she was. It's still out there. So, sorry, Rue. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna support what you are saying. Again, I support you, but sometimes your publicist needs to be like right next to you.
0: <laughs> and let's let's be honest. Rue has had a tendency to be not she's more aligned to her queerness than her blackness. Yeah. And you could see that in sometimes of the her man, uh, mannerisms, sometimes mm-hmm. how she speaks mm-hmm. um, when she goes into that stereotypical ghetto black voice. Yeah. You see that. So I'm like, eh. <sighs> but let's go on and move on.
1: Mm-hmm. Let's see. So I guess we can talk about drag race now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well I would talk about drag race but you know a bitch was busy this weekend so we we gonna have to uh put a little put drag race on the back burner cause you know a bitch was just tired and if you wanna see drag I periscoped some uh, performances from Coronation and one of them was my partner uh, that did uh, India i Read There's Hope uh, so if you want go ahead and watch some of them videos but yeah, let me check
1: out. Um, all right, well then let's we'll, we're getting to the good stuff. So let's get in. Well, no, we're not because we gotta talk about Dark Phoenix.
0: Uh, oh my god! Uh. So,
1: so today it dropped. Um, I'm gonna let you only, say your piece. Yeah, because Deadline is the most trusted source, so it dropped on Deadline, and everybody else got it. That uh, I mean, they moving forward with the movie. And I think we already talked about the fact they have Magneto in it, who had nothing to do with Dark Phoenix at all. But, you know, they have our fave in there. They had Add in Mystique. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence. I'm like, why is she... I was sitting there like, what? why? And, and I feel like the, the studios could have been like, did y'all not pay attention this past summer when we were like, we didn't want to see her. Nobody wanted to see her. Her 15 minutes are up. Like, we were kind of done with her, but y'all brought it back. But today they announced, it was kind of hot and cold, because it was like cool that Jessica Chastain, which I enjoy her work, I really do, was asked to, is in talks to join the cast, and they wanted her to be um, the Shi'ar Empress, Lelandra. Now, for those who, you watch the cartoon, Lelandra is the Empress of the Shi'ar, who knows a lot about the Phoenix, and they know how dangerous the Phoenix is, and she also has a relationship with Professor X. Well, according to what they're going to do in this movie, she's going to be the main villain. Now, let me say that again. Main villain. Now, that's, now again, with Lalandra, she has a sister, Deathbird, who is a villain. Her brother, Decan, who is a villain. Uh-huh. Because he went crazy. And Phoenix had to handle that ass beforehand. Before she went dark, she had to handle that ass. But Lalandra... Now I was sitting here like, okay, here y'all go again. This is what Fox love to do. They love, like, here's, it's like, here's the recipe to make a cake. Okay, you got it right there. Egg, sugar, water, flour. But these hoes sit up here and go, let's add salt. <laughs> <laughs> and let's add um, toothpaste. And let's also add um, shoe polish. And let's also put in, um, some,
0: some dye. Like a deviled egg.
1: Yeah. And some chitlin'. Let's put that in there too, because that'd, that'd be a good cake. That's what they do. And I'm super going, why are you making Landra? Because they have to also remember again, I, they keep thinking that, yeah, these new kids, these they keep forgetting that not just my generation, but the generation after me grew up on the X-Men cartoons. They know what's up. And, but you were talking about Landra as the villain. And I was like, you don't have... It's like, you don't have to do this. And the writer of Fantastic Four, that mess,
0: is the writer for this.
1: It it told me everything I needed to know. It told me everything I needed to know.
0: Uh, I do not know why they do not want to succeed. I don't either. I don't. don't. Like... Lalandra was never a, a straight out villain to the X-Men. Sure, like if I'm going off base based off the the Phoenix animated series, mm-hmm. she was help she needed their help to get the Ken up uh, dethroned. And then when Phoenix turned into the Dark Phoenix, she was like, Okay, we're gonna have to kill her. Mm-hmm. But she was never, uh, I'm going to have to kill all y'all motherfuckers. Yeah, cause she was, she was like, we
1: have, yeah, she's like, we have to get rid of the things because the things will destroy the entire universe. And I get that. She's a damn ent- empress. She has to think of the best interest in the universe. And she was like, if we don't, she's going to destroy us. And yes, it was a hard choice for her in the cartoon and the comics. She was like, this is hard because I'm in love with Charles.
0: Right. But,
1: um, X-Men are his, that's his babies. And also,
0: she's like, I'm trying, but I got to rule my damn people. Right. She's like, um, the Empress must be made of cold of steel, even at the cause of her heart. And yes. it wasn't like, I don't understand how she's just going to all of a sudden be a villain. Because, didn't in the, the animated series, she called out to uh, Xavier and she mentioned that the bond that they have. Is similar to love. Or I think she equated it to some kind of like marriage. Mm-hmm. So if Mystique over here and Xavier are supposed to be fucking. How y'all going to incorporate that story? Y'all going to make uh, Mystique the jealous one? Y'all going to mm-hmm. make Lalandra? Y'all just basically going to make it a love story about them? when you know, good and goddamn well, it shouldn't be about them. They shouldn't even be in the fucking movie. They should... I am so done with these newfangled X
1: Men. <laughs> I'm just done with them. Just trying to rewrite the stuff. I mean, granted, every I mean, Wonder Woman did it. They they do rewrite the origins and they do kind of rewrite the story. But when you don't have to, when you don't have to, you've got all of the elements that made it great already there. You don't need to sit up here like, "Oh, let's just change it to where." You know, Beast has wings, man. Like, this,
0: this, this right, not- let's make Storm a white woman. Like, what? Well, that was halfway there. Well, I'm just-
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm just saying, man, it's like y'all not trying to win. Now, some people were telling me, like, you know, hold up. Wait, and I said, y'all told me that with
0: Apocalypse, and we were right. Truth be told, y'all told me that with the first goddamn X-Men movie.
1: And we've been holding out for it's almost been 16 years of these movies, and, and this has been trash. I'm just saying that right now. if I was in high we'll, school, like <laughs> the information that we got right now is not helping us. We're not feeling it. This doesn't feel like I'm. I, I just don't. I feel like I'm gonna. We're gonna see it though, because we're probably gonna end up reviewing it. But I feel like if this movie turns out to be trash, then at that point, Fox, y'all need to be like, okay. Like just take a break, and you should, because you can't have Marvel out here whooping your ass, and then you about to have DC about to come and whoop your ass. Because after what Wonder Woman did, y'all might y'all might have to be on notice, because y'all can't be putting out these brand new movies that ain't nobody ain't here for, and nobody's here for Jennifer Lawrence. I don't know why y'all keep trying to put her in there, and she better not be in front of the damn poster. And I, you know, if I see enough, <laughs> I'm just saying enough. This is not going to turn out well. I, I'm, I'm predicting that. I'm putting it out there in the universe. This is going to be a mess.
0: It is. And if they. I, I just don't understand. Why they feel the need. To center. A story that is not about. Th- these three. Professor X. Mystique or Magneto. Center around a story. That's not about them. About them.
1: It better not, It just better not be. So again, if y'all want to... I mean, for y'all who don't know about the Dark Phoenix Saga, go back. You can go to any store. You go on Amazon and pick it up right now. And you can go on Kindle and read it. The Dark Phoenix Saga. You can read it or you can go and look at You go on YouTube and look at the old X-Men cartoons. Basically. You can do with none of them. So to add them in there is unnecessary. And then why they going to add some unnecessary mutants that weren't even around at that time. Um... And misuse them like they misuse Psylocke, they um, and misuse Angel. I don't even want to even really get into the Storm because that still makes me sick, and so, because that still makes me mad that she was made by apocalypse. If you look at it for what it was, he gave her uh, anyway. I'm just saying this is. It feels like this is trash, and if it smells like trash, and if it sits in the can like trash,
0: trash. This is like fuck yeah. fuck Fox. Right now, if I want if I want X Men, then I'll either use my action figures or I'll just go back to Hulu and watch the animated series.
1: Well, i just read the comic again. Like I'm just gonna just grab onto. It. In fact, I might have to go and pull it. Well, I lost my graphic novel version, and I might not gonna open up my comics. I might have to go buy a new one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but you know, enough of them. Um, and kind of the last of the bad news. Um, well, not really bad. The World of Wakanda comic um, that was. Um, written by Roxanne Gay, the great Roxanne Gay, um, was cancelled, which I'm actually fine with. I'm fine with that, because I feel like they were doing too much with Black Panther. But, why I'm fine with that is because those hoes dropped that trailer.
0: That teaser, let's just tell it was
1: a teaser, and it teased me.
0: Can we, let's get into this, just because baby... I was in the uh I was at the uh a show a drag show when that dropped. And I was not I was not I was in a mood. I didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that that dropped, my face I was so fucking giddy about it. It was like <sighs> I I don't even I don't think I have the words to explain how hyped I was after I saw that. Like, uh, go ahead and try to explain it because I'm still trying to find the words.
1: I was like, it was, it was like I was watching it and just, you know, and you know, Chadwick is looking good. And I, I, he was a little, I was a little concerned with him, but I was like, okay, I'm feeling you in this role. And then after Civil War, I was like, okay, you got it, I feel you. But that, it just dropped and there was just so much in it. And mostly because of the Boromangé. When they did that formation move, I was like, okay, I can't. I I can't. I had to stop. I stopped it. I was like, okay. But no, no, I'm lying. I stopped it when there was that part when Lapita was walking in that green outfit. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And that little, and that cute teased fro. I was like, I can't y'all already got me thinking about what she's doing and her outfit and who's doing her hair, because I was trying to look at her hair. And then that Dora Mongey, but, but that part when Killmonger, with um, Michael Bay Jordan and his sexy female, was trying to fight them, and they got and they was ready with those. I was like, oh, I can't. And it was just showcasing these women. And it was just nice to see these, these powerful black women. You know, like, we... We're not here to mess around. And it made me go all the way back. I had to go back and look at um would be Move clip, several times. I was like, look how that, that gave you the premise of what we're about to get up in this movie. Because you, you saw it when, when Florence gave you that that, that that tiny little sliver piece. You know what I'm saying? That, like,
0: this, she, always, she could give... Give her a little bit, and she will make it into something great.
1: she she gave us that we're still talking about it to this day. that was almost two years ago. gave us that little piece almost well a year and a half, whatever gave us that piece. and then we see all of that. and I was like we saw did you see her that that part where it was her and Lapita, they were pitting against those men, and it just kind of gave me that vibe like this is black women all the time black like men or men is coming at them and they ready to go like okay you coming for me we're gonna come for y'all and it was just like oh my goodness i was more blown away
0: uh, s- like,
1: i was like yeah i'm glad to see you black after but to see these women in this world to have that as the as the message that was the message they said that was the that was what they wanted you to get from this movie
0: uh-huh
1: I was just blown away because I was like, "This is what this is. This is what I'm talking about." I've always said when you release a teaser or a trailer, it needs to be a very strong ass message because you want people to be like, "This is what I'm getting when I get to this movie." Now, it better be. I'm sure the women will be represented. So I hope they're not playing with us. But to see, to see that was just it was just overwhelming. And then to see Lapita in the outfit with Shuri. That door opened up and they were there. I was like, okay,
0: okay. So y'all, y'all motherfuckers ain't playing. Yeah. I and it was to see the different cu- the shades of black. Yes. Was it was so. It was so refreshing. It just goes to show you that representation matters so goddamn much. It does. They said uh, the teaser, the teaser trailer got 89 million views in about 24 hours. Like, yeah. you, so you can't tell me that black folks ain't gonna show show up for this. If nothing else, we gonna show up for this. Hell, I saw, I heard uh, Black Queens uh, Sunday at Coronation. At, did, oh, did you see the Black uh, the Black Panther trailer? <laughs> did you see it? Like. I didn't even think that they were be into that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So you know this movie is going to make its money. It, I, uh, I I cannot wait. And to see Angela Bassett, The Storm That We Never Got.
1: All right, I don't want to talk about that. I'm still <laughs> gonna... <laughs> to Because I, I saw it, I was like, no. Because that's just a reminder of what we could have had. And I was like, this is... I was. I was emotional. Like, that whole day made me emotional. Like I didn't know what to do. Like I had to. I remember I stopped. And I got up and I walked. I walked outside of my place. I was like, I walked outside for it. I was like, I don't know. what I just saw. I'm play it again on my phone. And I played it on my phone. <laughs> we played it on TV and I played it on my phone. And I'm walking around. And then I'm using this as. <laughs> then I used it the other day, on a treadmill. This is. Sad. I was like, Lord, this energy because it gave me so much energy. So it's was like I. I it's just so much that it just made me so anxious, and I'm pissed because I have to wait, and I don't feel like waiting, and I and I feel like I don't know what else. Like I said, what y'all gave me was enough. It was enough, and I love that they focused on these women because it was just like that, and it was like this is what I'm talking about, and it was I'm already still um, overwhelmed with Wonder Woman because I loved the movie, and then we had you know Themyscira and those Amazons, and I watched it again. And they did say some names. They did say the black woman's name, Norobi. I remember I was like, good. They did say her name. I didn't hear. Anyway, it was the fact that when you see those women and you see those Amazons, and then you see the pictures. There's now a lot of the Amazon pictures are popping up online now. And you see the black ones. I was like, this is it's amazing. That right now, many, you know, girls of color are seeing women of color in these powerful roles. To some degree, I mean, it could be it could be so much better, but it's this. We haven't seen this in so long, you know what I'm saying? <sighs> so to so see all of this stuff is just wonderful. It's beautiful. It's exciting. It's going to be a highly wet cast. Um, and to see this, to see them really get powerful and see them, I don't know. I can't even.
0: I, it's too much. It, it's it's too much. It is. It really is. And I know Denai Guerrero already. Uh, She's reprising her role in an Infinity War. So, uh, we are ready. When right. I tell you we are ready, black folks are ready. And when I tell you, we, I bet you this, it'll be the number one movie for the whole month of February.
1: It, it will. It will be us. It will be after, it will be a after Sunday dinner movie. It will be the movie before we go to church. It'll be a movie. It will be church. It will right. be... 'cause I know I'm seeing it, I'm gonna see it that Thursday. first I'm gonna fight to get to get in there before uh-huh.
0: Then
1: I'm going to um <laughs> and then I'm going to um see it more and more times to the point that I'm just sick of it. Uh but yeah, I have to see this movie. I'm so excited for it. It looks great. And oh my God. I, I'm just I'm just feeling really good about it.
0: Yeah. So, that's all I have for Aunt Mace T. Do you have Mm -hmm. anything else?
1: I do not. Um, So, yeah, we we just kind of went through with it. We just talked about it. About everything we need to talk about. So, all right. So, we're going to take a break. And we will be right back. Alright, we are back, and for our king size issue today, we're going to kind of talk a little bit about Pulse, but we're going to talk about the year after, um, a little bit about what has changed, and what has stayed the same. So, Nick, what do you think has changed since this horrible incident?
0: I don't think anything has changed, really. To be completely honest, I think. Queer people of color have become. Maybe. I don't want to say more aware. Because to a a point. That we've always been aware. That we've had. Targets on our back. We've just been. I, I really don't know. But I don't feel like anything has changed. I feel that. People still specifically gay white people in the community still treat us as if we're second-class citizens. They still disregard us as if we're just the background to their foreground. They still regard us as just sexual objects, Um, but all the time taking what they deem as cool or in fashion or what have you. I think that Pulse, the shooting really opened eyes as far as dance clubs, particularly gay dance clubs, have always been a haven for people, for us. Um, It was where, you know, we saw our first drag show, we had our first, our 21st birthday, we made out with somebody in the bathroom, we did this, we did that. It was it was the first of many things that happened at a gay nightclub. And it was one of the few places that A, you didn't think something like that would happen, and B, where you felt in a sense safe. So when so after Pulse people were thinking, well damn, if that can happen here Where else can it happen? You know, we can't be safe at work. We can't be safe at church. We can't be safe driving. So we can't be safe in our own house. So I think, I I don't think much has changed. And especially in the political climate that we live in, you have all these bathroom bills that are coming out saying that trans people are uh, dangerous to children. But you don't have any data to show that trans people have sexually assaulted children versus you have data out the ass of these Republican men raping, sexually assaulting, uh, doing lewd shit in the bathrooms. But you don't I don't think anything really has changed. Now, what about you
1: i I don't think much has changed. I think there was awareness for a brief moment, but I don't think anything has changed. You still have people, especially politicians still trying to get these bills out here still disrespecting. us. You have the president who still hasn't even recognized LGBT month. you have um, we we lost a high amount of Latinx people. And yet we still have people arguing about the color of the flag. We still have people not understanding what it is to be marginalized within a marginalized group. We still have people still talking about, you know, no browns, no blacks. So I don't feel like a lot of that has changed. The the LGBT community is still white. Um, and so that's some work we still have to do. What I do think about, you know, like, a place like pulse as you were talking about this is supposed to be a place that we do feel safe it's our sanctuary it's our it's our church it's our place that we go just to release you know have a good time you know tip a drag queen here or there um you know get your hook up take your move whatever you do and for that to happen there is a wake-up call that that our safe spaces, we're already losing our safe spaces. You know, a lot of gay clubs are closing down because of how things have changed in social media or what have you. But a few places that we do have, that's all we got. And so when we don't feel safe, what else do we do? And especially for those, you know, the people of color, because that's where a lot of us go anyway. Um, What... What do we do and how do we feel safe, but how do we be more supportive? How do we start reaching out to people to say how we're supportive? I hoped that after Pulse we would have came together more, but I feel like we haven't. So I don't know what it would take for us to be more of a cohesive group and to where we are aware of what's happening within um, the lives of other queer people, you know, to where we are more aware and more woke. Now, I feel like the people that I follow or I will follow me on Twitter Especially the, the white gays seem to be on that page, but it, I'm but I'm not convinced that enough are on that same page. So I don't know if anything has changed. I think if some ways we've kind of we're kind of say in the same luck.
0: Yeah, I. In order for it to change, a lot of people. Need to recognize that just because your you get dick, and I'm gonna be blunt about it, just because you fuck, suck, whatever, doesn't mean that you still don't come from a place of power and privilege. You know, like we said earlier in this show, people see our the color of our skin before they see our sexuality. And if they already don't like us or have preconceived notions about our sexuality, about our ethnicity already, then they're already going to have preconceived notions about our sexuality. Number one. Number two, we need to be. We need to be in politics a lot more. And I'm not just talking the stereotypical white gay man. Affluent white gay man in politics. I'm talking about a lot of more, a lot more people of color in politics. I'm talking about a lot more trans people in politics. I'm talking about a lot more asexual, bisexual, disabled people in politics. So when something comes along down the pipeline that is discriminatory against a certain group, especially a person of color, then we have somebody fighting for us. Like, just in this past couple of weeks, there was a a politician here in Kentucky uh, drafting a religious freedom bill about, uh, oh, he doesn't want... Uh, it's basically an anti-trans bill. And I'm like... Of all the things to work on. You know Kentucky is one of the poorest countries. Is one of the poorest states. Here. Most of the people. Needed. Obamacare. But. Only two counties. During the uh, last election. Went blue. So I don't know. That's a whole. Story in itself as to why. People don't always vote for, against their own uh, policies. That is just something so stupid to me. But yeah, we have to get more informed. We have to get our ego out of the way. There needs to be not just allow queer people of color to speak but also to hear them out and listen just because you're not talking doesn't mean that you're listening to that other person. But I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Honestly, I I think that something even more drastic is going to needs to happen.
1: Sadly, I, I believe that too. Um, But, you know, the best thing that we can do is always hold it accountable and call it out um, to where we have to get people to be more aware um, and let people steep in their mess so they can realize that what they were doing was mess and then realize as a community we have to be stronger because we can't sit up here and argue about stupid things like colors and flags or why somebody's blocking the police float. We need to look at the fact that people will be coming for us that we coming to kill us, that we coming to, you know, to take away our happiness and joy. It's not about arguing with our allies. It's about making sure we are a stronger front to handle the bigger things that come, even handle the, the smaller things. So what I hope is we can at least get together soon to battle these things and come out as a stronger group. The one thing I wish the gay community would do is follow what the black community has done is basically when it comes down to it, we stick together. We had to learn to stick together through the fact of racism, especially back in the the 50s and 60s and 70s. Um, And because of that, we have become a strong front. That's what we need to remember. We need to remember what we had to go through to even get this far. We need to remember Stonewall. We need to remember ACT UP. We need to remember everything that was happening in the 80s. The fact we had to fight for it marriage. We had, to fight the fact we had to fight to even exist on the census. We have to remember all of these battles. We have to remember we have to do all this together. It can't be a separate thing. And if we keep letting foolish things distract us, we're not going to get there.
0: We're not. We're not at all. Yeah. And, you know, it's... The problem is that people would think about something and then move on to the next tragedy. Like, for instance, today, there was a shooting in San Francisco. There was a shooting in Brooklyn. There was a shooting in Alexandria. The uh, the apartment fire in London. I think there was another shooting in Berlin. It's like, everything is so hyped up that we don't have time to process it correctly. You know, we're on to the next tragedy. And then the next one. And then the next one. It's
1: Yeah, but I'm going to be optimistic. Because it's, it's all we can do. We have to just keep remembering what's important and just keep going.
0: We do. And, I mean, it's... I, I don't know. A change going to come. A change has got to come. Yeah. But as always... I think that's it for us, uh, unless you have something else to say. Um,
1: that is it.
0: Okay. Like always, follow us on Twitter. We're at I'm at Porter Pizzazz. Victor is at Wonderman Five. Follow the podcast at Mechashine Pod. Go to our website, themachashine.com. We're on Facebook, uh, Instagram. Where else? So listen to the. Podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, on Stitcher. Rate uh, us,
1: on, yeah, rate us on iTunes,
0: please. Five stars and leave a comment, a nice comment. Yeah. Do you have anything else, Victor?
1: No, y'all just take it easy this week. We almost at the weekend, so y'all take it easy.
0: Yes, and one more thing before you all get up. Well, before we get up out of here. Mm-hmm. This weekend... If I can get my ass together. Yes, this weekend, if you're in the D.C. area, our fellow FanCon affiliates, uh, the Black Geeks, Black Girl Nerds, are doing a uh, Black Meetup at AwesomeCon. It is on June 17th at 7 p.m. at the Black Squirrel. Uh, We'll tweet a... An ad for the meetup, so it should be fun. Um, also, if you don't have your tickets for Universal fan con, go ahead and get those because it's gonna be fun. I'm keep on telling y'all, it's gonna be a party, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be on team too much, <laughs> so it's <laughs> it's gonna be sickening out there. Um, and I think that's all I have. I got some food to cook. We're having quesadillas, and I need me a margarita.
1: (laughs) All right, y'all. We'll see y'all next week.
0: Bye, y'all. Bye.